I'm going to spare you my strong opinions about how much stock I place in the Myers-Briggs. I'll leave that to the psychologist and psychiatrist among us and tell you that the inventory in the book, Please Understand Me, is a series of forced choice questions. For example, when the phone rings, do you A, hurry to get to it first, or B, hope someone else will answer? Uh, how I miss shared home phones. <laughs> Does interacting with strangers, A, energize you, or B, tax your reserves? You get the idea. I first took this temperament sorter test many years ago, and while I couldn't tell you any of the other questions, I mean, I just looked those up because I needed it for this sermon. There's one question that has stayed with me all these years. It has not let me go. Is it more important to be just or merciful? Just or merciful? I'll give you a moment to think about what your choice would be in this moment. Our fifth principle that we agree as a congregation to affirm and promote is the right to conscience and the use of the democratic process in our congregations and in society at large. I know I already did a sermon this month on voting. That's not really what I want to talk about today. Exactly. It's easy to read that fifth principle and think, oh, that's just about voting. I just, it's just telling us we need to vote and we deserve to vote and we have the right to vote. When the children sing this principle, they have a song that covers all the principles. And when they get to the fifth one, they sing, five, all people have a say. It's to the tune of Doremi. Sometimes this principle is explained to children as meaning that all people get a vote in the things that matter to them. Here at UU Loudoun, the entire congregation gets to vote on the governing board members and the nominating committee members. And if you call a minister, the whole congregation gets to vote on the minister. Every official member gets to vote on these things. How do you know if you're a member? You have to sign the book and make a pledge of your time, talent, and treasure. There's homework, too, and some things that you agree to but really, signing the book, it's right here, signing the book since 1991, signing the book and, and making a pledge of support are the things that determine your ability to vote. Every person gets to vote on the things that matter to them, our kids learn. But that's not always true, is it? For several years, this congregation has been talking about moving from pews to chairs, long before I got here as minister. I hear you got close once and then something happened that took that decision off the table, but people kept talking about it. And then before the pandemic started, chair chats were held. At least three chair chats that I remember before the pandemic and one after just in case, Donuts were provided when we were in person. Opinions were given about pews and chairs and what wood and fabric. And the congregation did vote on purchasing the chairs. And finally, several folks 
not all by any means, just those who showed up really. I mean, this was the part of the whole process. The fabric was narrowed down to two choices. One was a light, light green with a bit of a sheen, and the other, uh, sort of a sort of a blue green, and the other was a slightly darker color, tar darker green, but more of a yellow green um, with flecks of light blue and yellow gold. I really liked the lighter green better. It seemed more versatile for any weddings or social events that we might have, and most any other color would have paired well with it. And then Jenna Court mentioned that it reminded her of hotel ballroom chairs in Las Vegas. And you know, that's something that you just can't unsee. <laughs> Eventually, it was decided to go with the other fabric, the one that wasn't my first choice, you have to hear me say, though, I wasn't going to make that decision for this congregation. I was just present to bear witness and help talk through it. But even though it wasn't my first choice, I did support the decision because a decision had to be made. And let me be clear, for the purpose of this sermon, Vegas ballroom chairs or not, I still secretly love the other fabric. <laughs> and maybe others did too, or maybe you wanted the blue fabric, or the brown, or some really dark fabric that you thought wouldn't show dirt, or something else. We cannot and should not escape the conscience part of the fifth principle. Conscience is that inner feeling or voice that acts as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. Not to be confused with conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, which is awareness of a situation or your surroundings, though I think a greater awareness, consciousness, develops a deeper conscience. Conscience, an inner feeling, not a thought, a feeling, or, or that still small voice, that helps us know the next right move, that guides us into living our values. A. Powell Davies, Davies, longtime minister of All Souls in D.C., known as a great visionary and activist, called conscience the sight of the soul, S-I-G-H-T, the sight of the soul, with soul being that innermost part of each person that moves to a greater insight and wholeness. Carissa Parsa writes that our conscience is not something that is directed by God or some supreme being toward us, from outside us in. It comes from within us. It's that inner point of connection. It's a place in us that affirms life and love and all their glory and messiness. And that is where we must return if our conscience, our soul, is to flourish. And one of the purposes of religious community is, is to grow our souls. And specifically of this religious community is to grow our capacity for that feeling of what is right and wrong. Is it more important to be merciful or just? This is the kind of question that a conscience answers. 
For me, it depends on how just is defined. Are we speaking of a retributive justice that is used to punish people accused of crimes and the process of fairly judging them in a system that privileges the few? Or do we mean a social justice, the view that everyone, everyone deserves equal economic, political, and social rights and opportunities? If we develop our conscience, especially as people of faith in a religious community, that cannot help but lead to a greater awareness. And once we are aware, once our eyes have been opened to injustice, then that expands our capacity to extend mercy. And mercy, true mercy, leads to an even deeper understanding of what justice means. That would be a nice, tidy little sermon right there, <laughs> but not so fast. A greater question about the fifth principle as it relates to our congregations and to society at large is what we do when things don't go our way. When what we vote for doesn't win our candidate or our cause, when our, um, even our right to vote is thwarted, or the chair fabric is a different choice than our first one. And you know, I'm using the chair fabric because in the small scheme of things, right, it's just not that important. But I'll tell you what is important. We are watching this play out every day with the Loudoun County School Board and the recall efforts, with gerrymandering of districts so that they win by fair means or foul with frivolous lawsuits, the erosion of human rights, and with bullying behavior. This is not the use of the democratic process, nor the right to conscience use well. When it comes down to it, the fifth principle calls us both into engagement with our world and into deeper community with each other. We can have compassion for those who are trying to overthrow the duly elected school board, but we can also show up to those meetings to counter that narrative. It's really important. We often tell new members, in fact, we always tell new members when they join, that it's, it's written into the new member recognition ceremony, actually, that there may be times when they are disappointed in this congregation that they join, that they think is so wonderful. The words go something like, we will not always live up to these ideals, and when we fall short, we invite you to stay in relationship and help us more fully bring alive the spirit of love. The deeper message to me of the fifth principle is, when things don't go your way, what will you do? Will you take your ball and go home, or will you stay in community? Will you become a contrarian? We make it difficult for others to grow, difficult for the church community to grow, difficult for your own soul to grow, or will you choose to nurture and heal and open and expand and deepen your understanding 
And that's not just about church, that's about everything. Carissa Parsa says, in our religious lives, the democratic process requires trust in the development of each individual conscience. A belief that such development is possible for each of us, as well as a commitment to cultivate our own conscience. We could call it a commitment to the value of each person. In the words of Theodore Parker, democracy means not I am as good as you are, but you are as good as I am. My connection with the sacred is only as precious as my willingness to acknowledge the same sacred connection in others. See, even though I had a different preference about the fabric of the chairs, it's really my behavior about it that matters. As soon as that, I, I, as soon as I realized I was getting a little too uh, worried about that Vegas fabric, I had to reevaluate. First, it wasn't my decision, although I was glad to be asked my opinion. The chairs would be the chairs. I trusted Jenna and the others who were led by love to make a good decision. And so did you, by the way. Last week, I was here in the sanctuary by myself, over by that window, and one of the chairs was illuminated in such a way that the green was so lovely and the flecks of yellow and gold and yellow, gold and blue were highlighted. And I was happy in that moment and relieved. That was so the right decision. Thank goodness we don't have Viva Las Vegas chairs. <laughs> I may have even laughed out loud. One of my barometers for growing my own soul my own capacity for compassion and mercy is becoming aware of when I'm filled with chatter in my mind, when I'm worrying incessantly, when I start feeling tight in my muscles and closed in my capacity and thinking that I must do things because, well, fill in the blank. I know that I'm not living the life of faith that the right of consciousness, the right of conscience calls me to when I am open, loving, and spontaneous, it, well, it just feels so much better for one thing, but it allows me to show more compassion to others and to myself. It allows me to offer a little mercy now. So I invite you to explore that for yourself, to notice, to be conscious of your conscience. It allows us really to keep showing up in love and community. It allows us to keep showing up for justice with mercy to ground us. Is it more important to be just or merciful? As the songwriter Mary Gaultier sings, I believe this question hangs us in the balance between hell and hallowed ground. As I have developed my conscience, as called to do by this Unitarian Universalist faith, I will now choose mercy every time because I know that it leads to a deeper justice and a larger love that heals us and anchors us in these days and in the days ahead. Whether we do or don't deserve it, and I believe that we do, as Unitarian Universalists, how can we not believe that we all need mercy? Every single one of us can use some mercy now.
And I just invite you to offer it to yourself and to others. Blessed be and amen.